Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. It's the summer, which means we are going to slow things down. And instead of doing weekly episodes, we are instead going to do interviews with publishing professionals. These interviews will air every few weeks and they'll give you insights into the journeys and thoughts of authors and editors and other people who work in the publishing industry. So kick back, relax, and enjoy our summer interview sessions. David Thomas is the author and co-writer of 15 books, including two New York Times bestsellers. He's made his living primarily as a collaborative and ghostwriter, and he has worked with people such as the singer Jeremy Camp, CrossFit athlete Rich Froning, Olympic wrestler Mark Schultz, and my favorite, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> David, you know I had to put in the, <laughs> the plug for Shawn Michaels because that's what... I think you working on his book was one of the first things that like really put you on my radar because oh, I was really? like, I was <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? One of one of Chip's clients is working with Shawn Michaels, and I love Shawn Michaels. Should have so, worked on that one together, and we should have made a trade with Chip so you could be part of that one. I know, I know. Yeah, I really um, need my agent to be there to help with the interview. So, Amanda, <laughs> can you join us, please? <laughs> I would have loved that. And I don't know how much no, he's help a I would great have been. Guy. He is a very humble, down to earth, oh, actually good. pretty quiet guy. Oh, good. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? That, yeah, um, yeah that's great. Just the opposite of how they appear on TV. That's great. Well, uh, so for our listeners, clearly, I mean, David is my, my colleague's client. So Chip represents David and, and helps, you know, make sure he gets projects and gets paid and, you know, as easy or difficult as that is along the way, which we'll get into later. Um, but I, David, I'm excited to be talking about collaborative and ghostwriting with you because this is the side of the industry. I think that many times gets overlooked by writers as a possible career path. And would you, would you agree with that, that it gets overlooked? Oh, oh sure. And first, thanks for having me. I enjoy your podcast. You, you guys do a great job. Oh, so. thank you. I listen to almost everyone, almost everyone. <laughs> um, Y'all do a great job. So I'm, I'm honored and, and happy to be on here. But yeah, it is um, something that's not well known. Uh, even the word collaborator, uh, most people don't even know what that means. I get asked a lot, are you a ghostwriter? I say, no, I'm a collaborator because they don't know the difference. So a collaborator basically is a ghostwriter who gets credit. Yeah. The very simple definition. So the name is on the cover. I, I, I tell people I'm the with guy. You know, so like a book by Shawn Michaels with David Thomas. Well, I'm the with guy. Yeah. So, but yeah, it is a, uh, a fascinating line of work to get into. It has its unique challenges, of course, but it is uh, something that's not well known in, for writers who would be interested in pursuing that. Right. It, and it can be fairly lucrative if you put in the time and start working on big projects. It can, it can pay well, although of well, course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. So how did you, how did you get into collaborative writing? Well, I was the one who didn't really know what it was. So uh, <laughs> I wrote a nonfiction sports book. Um, I was a sports journalist at the time, working for a newspaper. So, you know, 
every writer wants to have one book, right? Yeah. Uh, so I wrote my one. And um, a few months after it released, the uh, acquisition editor from that, from that book got in touch with me and said, hey, I'm, I have a project I need a writer for, a collaborator. I was like, okay, what's that? <laughs> you know, so she, she defined <laughs> it for me. And she said, basically, it, it's a sports book. She said, basically, I'm looking for a sports writer who's not intimidated by deadlines. Hmm. The sports writers tend not to be. And I said, okay, what's the deadline? She said, uh, one month. <laughs> uh, so I said, sure. I didn't know enough to say no. Yeah. <laughs> so I said I would do it. So my very first collaboration was one month from interview to manuscript fully wow, submitted. Wow. So yeah, I, I took a quick bath in how to do collaboration. And, but it did well and it's led to a lot more opportunities. But yeah, it right, wasn't right. something I was seeking out. And like I said, I didn't really know what it was either at the time. And the, that deadline component is such a big part of this. And, and really, um, I think one way that people can determine whether or not they're a fit is, can you crank out the content at a, you know, a quick pace? Cause that is usually when they bring someone like you on board, they want the manuscript relatively soon. Is that correct? Yeah. Cause usually you're, if it's a memoir, mm-hmm. it's going to be a celebrity type. And usually they're writing a book because they're in the news about something, especially in sports, which I like to specialize in. A team wins a championship or something. The book has to be out before the next season starts. And even earlier than that, so that the person can do the interviews and the media tour before they start preparing for the next season. So, yeah, it's there's usually a timely element to it that puts a really quick deadline on it. So it's a quick turnaround a lot that you have to get done. You've got to interview, you've got to organize everything. You've got to write the book. What is your process though, for telling someone else's story? Yeah. So it'll start with um, research and getting a clear definition of what uh, the book needs to be. So you're basically sometimes like a hired gun, you know, you're, you're a third person brought in to produce what the publisher and the author, which is the person you work with want. Mm-hmm. And they need someone to do it. So you're not setting your own agenda of what you think the book should be. You're trying to deliver what um, the two parties who are the two main parties want. Mm-hmm. And so you got to start with a clear definition of what you want. And then there's research and interview. The interview is the most important part of the collaboration process. And we're talking anywhere from 12 to 18 hours of interviews, depending on you know, various factors and most of the times you're dealing with someone with a very busy schedule and they're able to block off two days, maybe three. And then that is 90% of the material that you get for the book to write is just during that interview process. So uh, the interview, the interview is huge. You, you have to be able to interview well to do collaborations. And that's where I benefit from being a former journalist. And, you know, I'm used to interviewing those types of people. Um, but yeah, the interviews is the crux of it. And after you get the interview, uh, you'll have follow-up time with them. It may be emails, it may be phone calls, uh, just to kind of fill in the gaps of the things that you need to get some more, usually follow-up details, mm-hmm. but you go write and you're writing and you're sending them. Uh, I usually send like sections of a book to them. They're too busy to get a chapter at a time. Plus some people will freak out if they see a chapter at a time. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen this to where, oh no, you didn't talk about this. I'm like, well, yeah. that's in the next chapter. You know, so it helps. I've learned to give them like maybe the book is three or four different sections they'll get at a time. And their schedules usually allow for that better anyway, because they're able to devote chunks of time instead of, you know, consistent time. Uh, and then it's a matter of quickly knowing the voice, 
making it uh, sound like what they are, uh, really picking up their personality to come through the words that, that are chosen. And then it's just a sprint to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so they, and, and they'll, they'll typically have, um, I'll send it to them for one, like a first edit, and they'll make kind of general comments. And then, uh, then I will tell them, well, now I'm going to really work on the writing. At first, I'm more a story manager getting the most important pieces of the story in and in the right places. And then once we have those in place, then I'll really work on the writing part. Uh, Cause it's kind of a waste of time to start working on transitions before someone's even seen something. So um, there is a process of a kind of a macro micro step, you know, and, and the second time is usually the last time they see it before it goes to the editor. Mm-hmm. And for the, for the outline, at least when you and I have worked on, things together, you've had a chance to be able to have like a preliminary interview with the person and then you've created an outline and then, you know, fingers crossed, we get a book deal and and then you write the book. Is that typically what helps guide the process as you have that outline? So you know exactly kind of how to shape the interviews and kind of chunk information together or how does that go with outline? Most of the time, yes, that's, that's the ideal way of doing it. But sometimes I've, I've had books where you don't really know what the book is until after you've done the interview. You right. Know, and, and then it's up to me to piece it together. Uh, sometimes you're dealing with people who um, they're not writers, you know, so they don't think like a writer. They just know they want to tell their story. <laughs> right. And, and so, uh, you know, even the publisher maybe kind of hands off initially and saying, you know, send us what you envision a book being. Right. Well, it, it can vary. And they really, collaborations are snowflakes, really. There, there's no two are alike. Right. Right. Um, so what was, what would you say is like a really rewarding project that, that you've worked on? All of them are finished. <laughs> 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 no, uh, probably the biggest collaboration uh, reward was the Jeremy Camp book. Uh, and I've, I've, I've been fortunate to work with really good people and have really good books. So I never pick a favorite, <laughs> uh, but rewarding, I will answer because of um, he had an, an amazing story, mm-hmm. difficult story to tell. And it really resonated with a lot of people. And it's, it's kind of the, what I call the story funnel. So he had a situation that not many people will have in their life of a, 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 uh, got engaged to someone who had had cancer and then she came down with cancer again on her honeymoon and died just a few months after they got married at a really young age. Very few people have experienced that, but he was willing to go really deep into a story. That's why I call it the story funnel that the deeper into a story, someone will let you go. Yeah. The closer you get to people who maybe haven't had your exact situation, but like in that case, they've dealt with fear. They dealt with a loss of a loved one. And so when Jeremy was so good about really wanting to make impact with a book that he went where it hurt. You know, yeah. he, he opened up some scars and stuff and um, went there. And so it connected with a lot of people, like I say, who didn't have his exact circumstances that had those, those root issues of fear and trust and loss. And it was the reviews on it have been amazing. Um, from that book, uh, a movie was made that came out last year, right before COVID hit. Um, that it was a high impact movie too. So that it's been really rewarding to see, to work with someone who really wanted to open up his story and then to see the impact that it's made. Mm. I love, I love that. Was it, 
So seeing that movie, did you feel, well, first of all, like, did they draw from the book or like, did they kind of use that as a basis? Yes. Because I mean, his book was the story. It was like, yeah. you know, and so the yeah, other, they drew from that, from what I understand a great deal. Yeah. And then they, you know, filled in things around it and they had to do the Hollywood things where you have to consolidate time and characters, of course, you know, uh, which is why we always write the book, right? So you can tell the full story. Right. But yeah, it, it was a very good book. And I know Jeremy and his wife, Aidy, were very happy with the movie. Um, so yeah, it was a good representation of it. But yeah, it was based off the book. Yeah, I love that. Um, so on the flip side, what, what what has been like a really challenging project that you've worked on or just kind of speed bumps along the way when it comes to collaborative writing? Well, a couple, one is really tight deadlines. So I've yeah. done two books that were one month. Um, but the interesting thing is one of those was a Wall Street Journal bestseller. One was a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. Not because they were done well in one month, but because they were big stories at the time. So, yeah. you know, to have success in collaborating, you have to get big stories that are timely. Yeah. Uh, so the deadline has been a challenge at times. Um, but on a broader scale, kind of the... Um, the roller coaster of being a collaborator, other than as you know, it's kind of a feast or famine world. I don't know why, you know, you go quiet for a little bit and then like five projects hit you and you have to pick one, you know. Um, it's just the nature of the, of the beast, I guess. But as the collaborator, you're the third person, you know, you're, 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 the, you're the guy in the back seat while your friends are dating up in the front seat, you know, you're, you're sitting back there by yourself. So it, it's the main relationship is the publisher and the author, and you're there to help them do what they want done. So a couple of ways that plays out. One is you have to be willing to let go of the project. So mm-hmm. while you're writing it, you have to own it. it. It's your baby, just like any book. But when you turn it in for edit, it's up to the author, ultimately what winds up in the book or not. You know, so you, you don't have many opportunities to protect your writing or protect the storyline like you wanted it. It's, it's not your book, you know? Uh, so that can be difficult at times, but as long as you know going in, it at least makes it easier. Um, and then the other part is because you are usually the, the third person brought into that relationship, the system is not set up for you. So uh, contracts will tend to uh, favor the publisher and the author. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's why you need an agent like you and Chip who can step in and, and negotiate those things and, and step up for you. But there are things you don't have control of, especially with contracts. I can think of... Um, well, I had a stretch of, I, I don't mind telling you, I won't name names, but I had a stretch of four books where three of them had major contract issues. Hmm. And, and Chip was, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And well, I'm, I guess I'm the unluckiest guy in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe my story is not typical and I hope it's not, but things like, uh, and, and as you know, um, when you sign a contract as a collaborator, um, you really agree to the contract first and then you usually start to work. And then the contract details get hashed out. You agree on the big terms. Yeah. And so I had an author who wanted to haggle over some of the smaller terms. And I had no control over that. And I was at his mercy. And, you know, you get, you usually get paid a portion to get started on the project. And in that case, uh, he didn't actually sign the initial contract until the day after I submitted the manuscript. Wow. You know, so the upfront money I should have got for a few months earlier didn't get. Um, right. Had one who's, not the author himself, but his manager just apparently didn't want to pay, you know, so Chip had to step in and actually threaten the suit to get, yeah. get the, the money that was due to us. So 
there are things like that where you don't have control because it's not your book and it's not your contract. And sometimes I'm hired by a publisher. Sometimes I'm hired by the author. You know, publishers, because they're a business, they tend to, you know, be more mindful of contracts. Authors, not so much because it's not what they do or they have a manager they turn it over to. So there, you have to be willing to give up control of a manuscript, but then you also have to accept that you can't control all the circumstances when it comes to contracts and negotiations. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely, you know, yeah. You know, if you have one book happen like that, you know, you can use it for that. But when you have three out of four, you know, <laughs> when they start to, to piggyback on each other, it can lead to serious problems, you know? So, well, sure. Okay. You've, you've got bills to pay a family yeah. to support. And if you're relying on income and, and I know what it's like, I mean, I'm self-employed. So my checks come in when I happen to get paid on projects that I've done 12 months ago. And if you're relying on something to come in and it doesn't, then it oh, just, yeah. yeah. If you're representing me, you're not getting paid just like I'm not. You, know, so right. you, can, you can totally relate to that. Right. So it sounds like, I, I guess if, if there's someone listening who says, you know, I'm really good at interviewing. I'm good at hitting deadlines and writing fast. I'm good at capturing someone else's voice. This sounds like something that I might be able to do. What advice would you have for that person who thinks that they might be a good fit for this trajectory? Find ways you can do it on a smaller level. It may be uh, speech writing. It might be uh, writing, ghostwriting emails for a company, you know, on a contract basis or even as a job mm -hmm. to do that on a small scale, get used to it uh, because it's, it's the same thing. It's just on a much grander scale. You know, the transition from a one page email to a 70,000 word book is kind of big. Yeah. But it's really the same thing. You're learning how to capture a voice. You're learning how to uh, take feedback to correct um, maybe what you didn't get right the first time and, and, ex and know that it is a process. You're not expected to get someone's voice the first time. You know, it is a process. You, you have to learn it. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to get started in it as in general. And then as a publisher, I mean, you might have some good advice on this too, but I, I think you gotta be willing to do it for pretty cheap. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe like a, a, a small book or maybe a self-published book or something like that to get, uh, get it on your resume and to get the experience and show that, you know, you can take that next step. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, to get people started, we sometimes encourage them do something for free and just take like a cut of profits or, you know, do whatever you have to do to get your name attached to a project so that then we can take that and show people like, look what this person can do, look what they've already done. Um, and that's not always what, I mean, it, people can't always make that work, but that yeah. is definitely a way in. Yeah. And that's kind of right in general, isn't it? You got to be able to yeah. Make no money or less money than what you probably should to do it, but it, it can lead to something. And that's why most people don't do it is they're not willing to take those first steps. Yeah. Yep. So um, maybe it's, it's having a, a spouse with a really good job or you have a good job where you have some time, you can kind of uh, work your way into it. I mean, yeah. my, I know my story is unique because I just basically jumped into the deep end, uh, but I was guided by an agent and, you know, had worked with a publisher on a different type of book, but yeah, I think you gotta be willing to work your way there. Absolutely. And and if you have an agent and you're interested, tell them. Tell them that you're interested in getting in this side of the business because many times we want to represent people who are 
collaborative writers because that just helps. It helps us have that in our arsenal. Um, if we find a celebrity project that needs a writer, boom, we pair you guys up. <laughs> we're, you know, we're off to the races. Uh, so definitely tell um, tell your agent if this is something that you're interested in and, and if you're already represented. Yeah, and there are a lot of opportunities now with the boom of self-publishing. So many people just want to write their own story for their yeah. family or just to have it in a book format. And, you know, even Craigslist is a place where you can find those opportunities or free, you know, people go to freelance um, job sites yep. looking for people who will go strike their books. So absolutely that, right. a, it does. It's not going to pay well, you know, at all. And it may be a, a pain in the rear to get done, you know, but it's good to learn. And it's a good there's, you don't even need a safety net because it doesn't matter if you fail. You know, if you're working with a large publisher and you fail, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> But it gives you a safe place to fail and then figure out what it's like and if you really want to do it. But like I said, with self-publishing growing like it has, there are a tremendous amount of opportunities to take those early steps. So, David, what are you working on next? What do you've got? What have you got in the works here? So uh, I just had a book come out, uh, came out June 8th, and it's called uh, Taking the Lead. And it's it was an, it's kind of a hybrid book. It's kind of interesting. So it's part memoir part business leadership principles, which was a little bit of a challenge because you there was no model to follow. We had to kind of create it. Um, yeah. A lot of uh, trial and error to get it like we wanted, but it turned out extremely well. I wrote it with Dave Alpern, who is the president of Joe Gibbs Racing. So it's got a lot of NASCAR stories in it, but the uh, the business leadership principles are so good. I, I, I'm, leadership is a favorite topic of mine. And what I learned from him is just amazing <laughs> uh, compared to a lot of places other books I've read and stuff and what's what's great about Dave is is he went from um, he was there when Joe Gibbs Racing started so Joe Gibbs if you don't know is he owns the race team but he's also the head coach of the rest Washington Redskins for a long time in the NFL he is a hall of famer in the in football and in NASCAR so you know he wow. knows how to win and Dave started as an unpaid intern and worked his way up to president of the company of a family business wow so he brings the perspective of every level of a company plus because it's nascar and 80 percent of their revenue comes from sponsorship he uh is close friends and working partners with executives from places like fedex and interstate batteries and um i'm going blank now on all their sponsors but oh toyota was a big one so he brought in business principles from other large major corporations too so it's not just one person's experience, it's tapping into four or five uh, C-level type um, access. Wow. Yeah, it's, really, it's a really interesting book. All right. So finally, where can people find you online if they want to connect? DavidThomasAuthor.com. Love it. And, and that's one thing to help if you're a collaborator is to change your name to something unique. Not, not very common like David Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't so know funny. If you pull that off, but yeah, so it's hard to find a website i've gotten like people like contacting their own david thomas i'm actually going to add my initial in there now yeah. david l thomas in the future but i even got an expense check from a publisher for the wrong david thomas <laughs> fortunately i didn't um i didn't cash it i sent it back oh well <laughs> so yeah i've come up with a unique name <laughs> for a website and recognition purposes oh i love it well thank you so much for for being on the show and for sharing everything you know about 
not everything, but a lot of what you know about collaborative and ghostwriting. Um, of course, I'm hoping it helps someone see the great potential that is on, on this side of the business. Yeah, it is a great field. Uh, I mean, I get to work with fascinating people, you know, athletes, doctors, uh, TV personalities. You learn a lot when you work with that variety of people. And if I write just my books, nonfiction, nonfiction, I'm not an expert in those areas. Right. You know, I would have to have my lane, you know, to ride in, but I'm able to to run in every lane of the track basically by doing this. Thank you for listening to the Gate Crashers podcast. This has been one of our summer interviews. If you like what you hear, be sure to leave us a review. Hit me up on Facebook on my agent page and be back in a few weeks for a brand new episode.